This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Andrew Bryan, Don Brock and Chris Kennedy in the studio. As always, to get you through all the latest news, it's a bumper round of NRL coming up, boys. Lots of big matches, teams pushing for that eighth spot, which looked locked in a few weeks ago. How'd you, how'd you go in your fantasy finals? Um, good enough, I think. I did beat, who do I have? Someone, I want to knock you out. Corey, over in New Zealand, I beat. So I'm still in the work league, despite finishing the bottom half of the eight. I survived with nine, 930 odds. That was a reasonable score. Yeah, I did well. Got a win first up in the 900. So, um, you know, so far, so good. All right, you can catch us on Twitter at AndrewBryan321, at CKennedy80, and at Dom underscore Brock. Uh, and then we'll get to your questions at the end of the show. Let's get straight into it. All right, the first game of the week, Rabbitohs versus the Dogs. Uh, Aaron Gray replaces Heimel Hunt at centre. Bulldogs unchanged. Boys, they looked really bad again, although they started to come better in the second half. Yeah, they, I don't know. It's not, it's, yeah, they're not great. <laughs> um, not putting any sort of convincing 80-minute effort together. They're sort of finding form in patches, but. You're not doing it. Yeah, and fantasy-wise, it's you know pretty much the same story. James Graham hasn't quite been uh, what he used to be uh, since coming back from injury, scoring more in the 40s than 50s. Um, you know, nothing else really new at the Bulldogs. Um, at South, there are question marks over um, Sam Burgess after well, he hasn't scored a 50 for a while. He keeps scoring mm. mid to low 40s. He was, on, he was on target for a decent score, wasn't yeah. he? And then got Sinbit. Yeah, that's true. And the week before, he was on target as well. He had 41 in about 45 minutes and got injured. So, um, yeah, so it means he, he his scores haven't been great. Lots of people are looking to sell him, but the potential's there if he doesn't get Sinbit or injured to get another decent score. So I don't know which way you go with that. A lot of people are talking about selling him, and I certainly get the motivation to sell him. Like you said, he was on almost a point a minute before he hurt his ribs the other week, um, then sort of re-hurt them and then had the sin bin. He's just getting mountains of demerits, I think, is the main problem at the moment. Like, even if he doesn't get sin bin, he's got, you know, four missed tackles and you know, three errors and two penalties or something just every every week. But there's no real reason moving forward. If, he does, if he's able to play 80 minutes with his rib, that he can't bash out a, a 60 or a 70 on any given day. Yeah, so I don't know. Are there questions about him later on? There, there are be. questions. About okay, we'll get back to him later. But I, I guess the only other one from this game, uh, David Clemmer has been pumping out some decent scores after, you know, hasn't done much this year fantasy-wise. He's been one of the Bulldogs' best uh, week in, week out, but he's starting to get some decent fantasy scores. Yeah, um, he did that a little bit last year as well, I think, um, since switching to lock um, scores in the 50s. He's still not quite in that, you know, he's not in that top tier of the Tom Lolo's, Jack DeBellins. Paul Gallons, these guys who can get 60 a week. So unless you're, you know, really desperate for a kind of cut price option, I probably would look elsewhere. Mm. All right, Friday night, 6 o'clock. This is going to be a tough one to get to. Eels v Knight today into the stadium. Uh, for Parramatta, Tepai Moroa returns in the second row. Kenny Edwards goes to the bench. Frank Pritchard drops back to the reserves. Uh, but Bevan French named at fullback. CK, you don't think he's going to play in this one? I don't think he's going to play in this one, no. There is a captain's run tomorrow, which will probably clear things up, but I don't think he's going to play. It's, you know, they won, was it six, was that seven on the weekends? Uh, they've got the, the Knights, who you'd think they're probably going to beat. Um, they've got Will Smith, who's a utility, prefers fullback, and also Josh Hoffman, who's a bit of a utility back, winger or fullback, 
both in the reserves list who can come in and cover. Um, or potentially you could go Will Smith in the halves and Corey Norman at fullback for a game, which if I had to punt now, that's probably the way I'd lean towards them going. But um, with a hamstring strain, like we've seen what happens with, you know, I think it was at Matt Moyle and a few other guys have had minor hemi tweaks, heading into some really important games. Um, and then obviously their first final series in eight years to, to ruin, you know, one of your two fullbacks having already lost one um, for a longer period for one game against the Knights. I don't think Brad Arthur's going to risk it. And Mitch Moses, scores of 69-60, steering the Eels nicely towards that top four, obviously working in well with Norman. Uh, where, where did this come from? Obviously, he's always, had, he's always been built with the potential at the yeah. Tigers, but uh, his career has certainly taken a, he, a step. He did have a really good run, fantasy-wise, at the end of last season at the Tigers, I think, with a bunch of 50s. Um, so he's always, always had that attacking potential. I think his defence has improved a lot as well. Mm. He usually, or he used to lose a lot of points in missed tackles. Um, that's dropped. You know, they're in a better, he's in a better defensive team as well at Parramatta. So, yeah, I don't know if we can rely on 50s for the rest of the year, but, you know, yeah. at the moment, he's well, in great form. I did a story on his defence a few weeks ago and looked at the numbers. He was basically missing five tackles a week at the Tigers in his first couple of games at Parry. Dropped that down to about 2.2. And I think last week against the Dogs, he might have had no missed tackles at all. So he's completely um, slashed the demerits, uh, getting way more assists just in the, the attacking sort of... Uh, there's a good video from Matt Elliott on NRL.com this morning looking at the Eels' right side attack and how Moses is featuring in that. And he just keeps getting sort of try assists and line break assists doing that. Um, taking a lot of the kick metres and he'll probably get a few more if Corey Norman ends up at fullback. Um, I'm pretty sure he averaged about 50 over the last two months of last year at the Tigers yeah. um, and he had a good that good patch of form as well. So um, certainly not in the reliable, proven, keeper, primo half category, but the form he's in at the moment, there's probably no real reason he can't maintain what he's doing at the moment. All right, the Knights on their biggest winning streak in a couple of years. <laughs> they are on fire. Uh, Nathan Ross is out with a back issue. Uh, Dane Gagger starts at fullback. Joe Wardle returns at centre. Sean Kenny Dow... Uh, comes back from the hamstring, which means Chanel Mataudia uh, drops out. Uh, he really hurt me last week because I was hoping uh, to sort of work in a, a forward rather than having a, a centre. As an auto-emergency. As an auto-emergency. But uh, is Sean Kenny Dow going to be back this week? And Dom, you're the Knights fan. Can you take us through these changes? Yeah, well, the, the main the main reshuffle happens because of Nathan Ross's injury, um, fracture in his back, which... Sounds terrifying, but you know isn't as bad as first feared. He's still unlikely to be back, be back this season. Um, so Gagai at fullback, which I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to affect his fantasy scores. Normally, fullbacks score better than centres. Um, Gagai manages to get pretty involved anyway, playing at uh, right centre for the night. So um, you know his scores might go up a little bit. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean we assume Kendall will come back. Not much else new here. Um, Mitch Barnett had a really good score last week, got a couple of tries. He tends to do this once every couple of months, you know, a really big score, everyone gets excited, and then back to 40s, maybe a 30, and then a 50s, kind of all over the place. Um, So, yeah, not one of the elite keepers, but capable of those big games. And I was subbing your uh, match preview of this game, CK. The last time the Knights and Eels clashed at ANZ Stadium was what year? That happened back in uh, 2001. I can't quite recall what happened oh, in that, that game. game. Yeah, that game. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Good game. I'm going watch that again. Wasn't sometime. that great? Uh, of course, the grand final for those playing at home. Uh, Broncos take on the Sharks. What a blockbuster this one promises to be. Jai Arrow replaces Spanner Joe often at Gauhi. Uh, 
Ben Hunt, 88 last week. Do we expect him? He's been named at hooker. Uh, we laughed last week when Sam Thido is rumoured to be playing at Rake, but do we think that Ben Hunt will switch to the bench again and we can't expect him to hit those big scores? Obviously, the hat-trick and played really well. Yeah, he did play really well. Um, we did laugh. It turned out to be an absolute masterstroke mm. by the Broncos. Um, you know, thought I worked fine at hooker for the first 20-odd or something, and then um, Ben Hunt just tore them to shreds. So, yeah, I mean, he is still, yeah, we, we're expecting a bench hooker. People are talking him up as a fantasy buy because he just scored 88, but it's hard to see any bench hookers really being keepers at hooker or half in fantasy. He did score a hat-trick. He's had two try assists. The Broncos absolutely destroyed the Titans. The Titans just disappeared. <coughs> yeah. So it's abysmal, yeah. really kind of a one-off, I would yeah. think. I mean, even if Ben Hunt starts from the bench every week, you wouldn't really call him a bench hooker. No, you know he's going to play big minutes. 60-ish yeah. Yeah. minutes. And that whole first 20, wasn't, it wasn't really Thide playing hooker. It was just a complete holding pattern with no hooker. And Thide was just the guy happening to pass it out of dummy half and they weren't really doing much um, and obviously yeah Ben Hunt came on and destroyed it but yeah still yeah without playing 80 I don't know if I'd really want him in a fantasy sense and for the Sharks James Maloney makes his return in the half Swamunu Brown shifts to hooker uh, Jack Bird out with a shoulder injury means Kurt Capewell starts at centre Seguiaro shifts to the bench with Clyde Sar out of the 17 uh, obviously the Sharks are going to be a much better team with Maloney in the team and mm. This shapes as a really interesting clash. Yeah, they missed him badly against the Raiders. That was probably close to their worst effort of the year. They, they desperately need Maloney back. Um, Fantasy-wise, I mean, their, their hooking scenario has been a bit of a no-go since uh, Braley was the, the cash cow earlier on in the year. Um, Gallon's still doing pretty good things. For feet, it's been a bit quiet of late. You certainly wouldn't be selling him, but um, I guess cheapish for those who, who want to jump onto a primo front row, although I'd probably want to see one score out of him before buying at this point. Yeah, he's a bit like Martin Depau, I think, where he's you know capable of those big scores and might just have had a bit of a lull patch. Depau came back with a mid-50s on the weekend, I think, so Fafita could do that. I mean, in the old days, he'd hit 70s you know, fairly frequently, so that could still happen. Uh, the Broncos' Darius Boyer, talking on NRL.com yesterday, was talking about how much confidence Queensland took out of shutting him down in games two and three, and um, the, the energy that they needed in the middle of the park and obviously the Broncos have really switched on to that threat so it'll be interesting to see Fafita scores this week because obviously he'll be looking to lift his team but the Broncos are, obviously have a lot of those origin players in their team and know exactly what they need to do to, to get out of dummy half and chop his legs down before he can start running and getting all those tackle breaks, which obviously for fantasy is what those coaches will be looking for. Yeah, you'll have numbers on him and no doubt Maguire diving at his knees all night, so <laughs> see what happens. All right, uh, the Dragons take on the Titans and both teams were very disappointing last week. Uh, Tyson Frizzell returns to the starting side. Hamid and Blake Laurie join the bench with Jacob Host and Jake Marchetto dropping out of the 17. Uh, for the Titans, Proctor returns in the second row. Morgan Boyle shifts to the interchange. Agnes, Ignatius Parsi drops out. Uh, boys, the Dragons pretty much, did they throw away their top eight spot last week in those last 10 minutes? Well, the good news is one of these two teams is going to get a win this weekend. I'm not sure which one's <laughs> going to be. But... very presumptuous that we don't go to a golden point draw. <laughs> well, we might. It could happen. Um, I just about wrote off the Dragons the week before, and I think after that one, it's, yeah, I think Penrith, I'd almost expect Canberra to finish above Dragons the way things are going at the moment. They're really sort of falling away badly at the end of the year. 
Um, Fantasy-wise, I don't know if anyone dumped, jumped on uh, Matt Dufty. He's going okay. I think he obviously exploded with an 80-odd in his first game and then a couple of mid-30s since, still getting a few tackle breaks. Do we think he's going to stay there the rest of the season? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, Dugan's obviously on the way out of the club yeah. anyway. I think we all know that he's not the modern, you know, prototype, you know, ball-playing fullback anyway. So, um, yeah, I think Dufty's probably pretty safe the rest of the year. The strange thing with the Dragons is even if they're playing badly, it's almost better fantasy-wise if they're losing and defending a lot because their big guns are uh, Cameron McGuinness, Jack DeBellin, Paul Vaughan. And for McGuinness and DeBellin especially, tackles are a you know, massive part of their fantasy scores and they're going really well. Paul Vaughan's almost the opposite, really. He's yeah. based on getting sort of 200 metres and a few tackle breaks. But And if the team's going badly, he tries to lift them as well and try to get something happening for them so he can get a few extra points there where he's trying to, you know, get an offload or something just to ignite the, the team if they're, they're not doing well. Exactly. I think he scored a try in both losses to Parramatta this year as well. So he's sort of he's getting a few points in, in losses. All right, the Storm take on the Roosters, and this will be a really good gauge of where the Roosters are at. Uh, Storm 1-17 to obviously means no Munster, no Tohu Harris. Big dramas for fantasy coaches. We thought it was just going to be a week last week, so and with trades at a premium, there are a lot of questions, obviously, on Munster and what to do there. Uh, boys, what are we... What yeah, are we... it's the biggest headache of the week, I think. Um, mm. I mean, we expect him to be back next week. I mean, we thought he was going to be back this week. Um, so it's, it comes down to, you know, how many trades you have left, what position you're in. If you're in a must-win head-to-head game, you probably trade him, I think, at this stage. But if you've only got one or maybe two trades left, then you might have to um, hold for the last three rounds. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's helpful that he's, you know, if he's in your halves, he still costs a little bit more than Daly Cherry Evans, who, you know, had a, is coming off a great score, as we'll mention later. Um, so there are trade options there, mm. but you know, you'd, again, you don't normally trade someone for the sake of one round. So basically, only if you're in a, if you're behind in like a sudden death yeah. elimination final for head to head, I think you probably need to do whatever you can. Otherwise, ideally, he's a hold. Yeah, uh, you talked about that game. The Roosters were up 18 to four at one point, and then somehow found a way to to lose it. And Manly came back strong in the second half. Uh, Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner returned from injury, massive ins for the Tricolors. Daniel Tupu out with that groin injury. Joseph Manu moves to the wing. Mitch Orbison at centre. Anytime the Mitch Orbison rule is in effect, NRL Fantasy, everything is fine with it. Uh, Aiden Guerra starts in the second row. Ryan Madison and Victor Rayleigh uh, move back to the bench. Boys, the Roosters, uh, what did we take out of that game? Uh, and from fantasy-wise, what do we think coming up against the Storm? Um, Roosters-wise, not a great deal. Um, having Jake Friend back will help them a lot. And obviously, Boyd Cordner is a, a massive influence on just their, not just what they do on the field, but just the whole aura of the team. Um, still missing Michael Gordon pretty badly, I think, as good as Connor Watson has been going at fullback. Um, just the the safety, the security, the, the polish of, of Gordon at the back, I think is important. Daniel Tupo's a big loss as well. Um, Mitch Orbison in the centre is, is very much a stopgap option and you know Joey Mano's going good in the, the centres now. He's on the wing. So the week, their, their back five is a long way from being the best Roosters back five we could possibly see. But um, yeah, they'll be better with Friend and Cordner back and should at least provide a stern test for Melbourne. Yeah, and you know, the, the better the Roosters are, the more chances guys like Mitchell Pearce will have to set up tries, even though that back line's a bit weaker than usual. Um, but Pearce, um, encouragingly, has still been scoring quite well, even without those guys. Mm. I think he got 60 last week in a losing team, so he's still probably the most reliable half option in fantasy. There's a few 
guns yep. this year, but certainly one of the keepers. Yeah, with Johnson out, I think Pierce, Cleary, Cherry Evans, Munster are probably the other four. Talking about Cleary and reliable halves, the Panthers take on the Cowboys. Panthers 1-17 to in the top eight, but they still need to keep winning to, to cement that spot in the eight. Uh, Moylan, Dean Farday still among the reserves. Are Moylan any closer to, to coming back, or do they, do they need him on the park at this stage? Would you rush him back? Well, I think the fact that they're winning without him probably makes it less urgent. Um, and probably for fantasy coaches holding Nathan Cleary, uh, hoping that they take it cautiously with Matt Moylan's to take the longer the better. Um, they do want him back before, like assuming they're going to play finals. He's the captain, he's a good player. You want him in the team. So you don't want him coming back in, you know, round 26 or finals week one. You want him with a, a run in the legs before that. But obviously with a hammer, you don't want to, to rush it either. And we do have a, a few more weeks before finals, so... Yeah, no major rush. Um, as you say, Cleary's been going well. Dylan Edwards also going well. He got a big score last week. Mm. 80 70. or 70, 80? Yeah, was it a whole big, yeah. bunch of tackle breaks in that try as well. Yeah, so um, they're, the, they're the two guns really in that team. And the Cowboys, Antonio Winnerstein, hamstring, Gavin Cooper, calf. They're big losses for the Cowboys. Javid Bowen starts on the wing with Cohen Hess starting in the back row. Asiata is named at prop with Fenson coming off the bench. Ben Hampton joins the interchange. Uh, what do we think about the Cowboys? Obviously, it's been a long season without the Thurston and Scott and well-documented, but it's, it's coming to at the end of a very long season for them. But this is an intriguing clash. Mm, the hookers in my draft team this year have been Matt Ballin, Jacob Little and Ben Hampton. So I'm really <laughs> battling for a number nine in draft. So I'd like to see a few more minutes out of Ben Hampton. Um, yeah, this is a, such an important game for both teams. They're both sort of that bottom half of the eight and really fighting. Like Cowboys can still technically slip out. I don't... I think they'll make the eight, but they don't They've want to lose this one. got a tough run home as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is a, a massive, massive game for both clubs. Fantasy-wise, the Cowboys, are, I don't know, Tamalolo, and that's it pretty much. Yeah, and it's funny, Tamalolo, because he's, <coughs> excuse me, he's, um, his fantasy average is still around 60, but he, he still seems a risky option as a captain because he gets so many scores around 40, high mm. um, uh, 30s, and it tends to happen at the wrong times when people pick him as captain, he scores poorly. So. Like me last week, yep. That's yeah, there you go. Um, so for some reason, I really prefer Angus Crichton as a captaincy op- mm. option over Tamuolo, even though the sc- average scores are about the same. Seems like his bad scores are sort of low 50s Crichton yeah. rather than high 30s. Yeah, so in saying that, um, let's see Tamuolo score 90 this week, just mm. to prove me wrong. You mentioned fantasy scorers for the Cowboys. Michael Morgan, 87 last week. So there, there is a chance for some mm. of their players to go big, but you can't rely on Morgan to hit those sort of numbers. That was just pretty much all tackle busts, wasn't it? Like 11 busts with no real tries or assists or anything. He's had, I think, two monster scores since Thurston first got injured, but his quiet scores are still a bit too quiet, I think, for fantasy likings. All right, the Warriors take on the Raiders. Nathaniel Roach starts at hooker with Isaac Luke benched. Uh, Hoffman returns in the second row. Jazz Vega dropping back to the reserves. Raiders unchanged. Can Canberra still make a run at this final series? They said... They were taking it six weeks at a time a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they've managed to get some results, which has been really important. Uh, the Warriors, obviously, very disappointing the last couple of couple of games. But fantasy-wise, Dom, what do you, what do you see out of the Warriors and Raiders? Uh, fantasy-wise, nothing really new. I mean, bad news if you've got Isaac Luke. Um, you know, he, he was always a bit of a risk and now looks even more of a risk um, in terms of fantasy points as he's going to be off the bench at least this week, maybe for a few more weeks. Um, two of us, Shaq did well last week. Uh, Raiders, again, same kind of story as always. A lot of those borderline 
Borderline keepers in the outside backs mostly. Um, I don't think Canberra's going to make the eight. What do we think? I think they've lost yeah. two close games and it's going to come back to bite them. It's a tiny bit of a bridge too far. I think that, um, that Bathurst game where they were up by eight with three minutes remaining against Penrith and lost, to, to lose that game, the psychological impact of losing that game and the fact of who they lost it yeah, to exactly. is now the team that's directly ahead of them on the ladder. I think that's going to be the... Um, the unraveling of their season, but you know, if they win every game, they can make it. But it's, it's a we, we expect them to win this week, though. And mm. I guess against the Warriors, there is every potential that some of those outside backs, the usual contenders, could go big this week. And obviously, coming into the finals, if you're looking for a big score, then that might be your point of difference. Difference this week uh, in a one-off finals game. Yeah, that's true. The Raiders can you know put it, pile on a big score against anybody, and the Warriors are looking. Uh, very shaky to say mm. the least. They struggled against Newcastle. Um, you know, they're back home, but yeah, we expect Canberra to probably win this one fairly comfortably. Yeah. Might be a good week for your um, Rapanas and Leilua's and Kotricks. All right, West Tigers v the Seagulls. No changes for the Tigers. For Manly, Adam Fanua Blake replaces Kalipi Tanganoa on the bench. Uh, but for Manly, DCE scored an 82 last week. I closed the gap on Cam Smith in our unofficial Dally M tally. There is only three behind on our unofficial tally. Uh, two massive sort of plays really bumped his score up massively in that game. Yeah, there were two big plays, but he had a mountain of run metres, mountain of kick metres, got through his, you know, his defensive workload and everything else. So it was a pretty good all-round performance from, from Cherry Evans, really. He's um, sort of really come to life a little bit of late and with you know sort of Sean Johnson unavailable and a few other issues in the halves I think um, he's definitely one to be to be looking at for the run home yeah and the run home is is pretty good I think for Manly in terms of you know attacking chances for outside backs look at the Tigers this week and then Bulldogs Warriors Panthers Panthers as we're saying probably going to make the eight but they've had a lot of missed tackles this year so all four of those games are a good chance for guys like Cherry Evans um, Tom Turbo to pile on some big scores so yeah he's a he's a very interesting prospect now Cherry Evans. Haven't the fortunes of Manly and the Dragons changed in a couple of short weeks since the Dragons put 50 on Manly and everyone thought oh the Dragons have steadied the ship and Manly look like the team most likely to drop out of the eight and then Manly comes out against the Roosters looking like conceding another 100 points and somehow they they sort of fix that those problems that they've had but there are still question marks on Manly but the fortunes of both teams have swung wildly in the last couple of weeks. Well, it was only a two-game losing streak for Manly. I think just the, the size of the losses was where all the sort of the, the panic was coming from. But I think within the club, they were just sort of like, we just need to, you know, starch up our defence and, and turn it around. I don't think there was ever really any doubt amongst the group that they could do that because it, like it was only two weeks. So, um, yeah, they've managed to turn it around. I think the Dragons is a slightly more systemic issue. They've only won two or three games since about round 12 or whatever it is. So they've been on steep... Downward curves. I, I guess they've both been good attacking teams this year. The Dragons, yes or no, but at the start of the season, their attack was really good. Manly's attack's been one of the best in the comp, but it means when things go wrong, they can leak a lot of points. Um, so I guess it's easier for those teams to have big swings in form, you know, one week to the next. But they, yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking good now. All right, let's get into the fantasy questions. Fun questions from the hashtag, yeah. First question comes from Josh Hardgrove. What are the chances of Moylan playing? We talked at the top of the show. Obviously, May's been doing a great job for the Panthers. Uh, they'll look better once Moylan returns, but 
Uh, they've been winning games. They still need to keep winning, so it's important that he gets back in that system, especially before finals, because you don't want to just drop him straight back in because they've been doing so well. You want to give him a few weeks, but probably, what, what do we think, probably miss this week? Yeah, I don't have any uh, early late mail on this one, but um, as soon as they're confident that he's going to get through a game without aggravating it, he'll be back. I'm just not sure whether it's going to be this week or not. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one because the game's quite a big one, as we mentioned, against the Cowboys. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, really crucial for their finals chances, but they don't want to bring him back early and lose him long term. That would really hurt them. So... I don't know. I mean, in pretty big doubt. I wouldn't be relying on him or anything in, in fantasy coming back. All right. At Burge underscore 91, Ryan Burgess asks, take out Kahu and Adam Elliott, bringing to power and a non-player. He's got the luxury of five trades left and playing for overall. Uh, so basically bringing in to power and a non-playing reserve. What do we think about that as an option? S- sounds pretty good. I assume to power is the best forward he can afford. Um, coming off a good score, probably a keeper. I like it. Yeah, you're getting rid of two guys that you definitely don't want in your team, two middle-of-the-range guys for a, um, a cheapie and a, a keeper, so do it. All right, at Jeremy Liddy, three trades left. Should I bring in Jack DeBellin for Surges? Also have Pierce, Tui Lolahia, and Norman in the halves. Should he bring in DCE as well? Uh, what, what are we thinking about that, Dom? You're giving me a look here. No, so. it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Um, I like. I think I like both those trades individually, but if you only have three trades left, making both of them seems a big gamble. Um, Unless you're behind, you think you're behind in your finals matchup and sure. you have to win. Yeah, yeah. So Jack DeBellin, you know, on recent form, looks like a better scorer than Sam Burgess. We talked before about Burgess could have a big score in him, you know, if he if he plays a full eighty again. Um, DeBellin's been going great, hitting scores in the 60s. So, you know, not a must trade there. It could be a slight upgrade. Similarly, Corey Norman's scores have really dropped off. So an upgrade to DCE looks good, do we think? Yeah, what I would say on that is that Corey Norman, um, he was getting 500 kick metres a week at the start of the year with Mitch Moses there. That's not happening. And um, the Eels sort of play with both halves on both sides, which is quite a, a dangerous attacking structure for the team, but they're going right more than left, which is sort of Moses' predominant side. So Norman's not getting as many sort of assists and runs as he uh, was getting at the start of the year as well. So based on all that, I think he's probably someone to upgrade. If you've got three trades left, as in this scenario, I'd probably do the Norman to DCE ahead of the um, Burgess to DeBellin one. All right, at Chance Vance 94, he has one trade left, so... Uh, let's think about this one. Munster's out and there's no depth at wing fullback. Do I trade or cop an auto emergency and hold, seeing as I have no good depth in the front row forwards or halves either? So Chance fancies in a little trouble. Some depth issues, doesn't it? <laughs> there are some depth issues with one trade left, but at this time of the season, this can happen depending on how your roster's looking. I'd, uh, it depends on what he's match. I assume he's playing head-to-head. Mm. It depends a bit on his matchup. If he's absolutely desperate... I'd trade, but I'd err towards holding him, I think. Mm. Um, Munster back next week, would he would think. Um, one trade left will be very handy with three rounds to go. Because there's going to be an injury or a suspension or something yeah. in his last three weeks. And it sounds like he doesn't have much depth anywhere, so he'll need <laughs> that trade for a more serious injury. Yeah, I mean, if you're basically definitely going to lose if you don't make the trade, then do it and hope for the best. But if you um, if you get rid of Munster this week and you've got no trades left, he comes back next week and you cop another injury, then you, you're sunk next week anyway. All right, Kiri, Two Nation wants to know. He has two trades left. Munster to which half? 
Moses or bench Munster at wing fullback and go Sammy to DCE. Any half, Carnot, Ford, Pierce or Cleary. Uh, what are we thinking here? Should he, uh, what, what, should he go to Moses or? Uh, yeah, so I'd probably go Pierce, Cleary, Cherry Evans over Moses. Sounds like he can't afford Pierce or Cleary if he trades. But he can afford DCE. But he can afford DCE. So, yeah, Sammy to DCE, I yep. suppose. Agree. All right, nice and easy from CK. Uh, final one, Liam underscore Medley. What to do with Surges? I've got all the top second front rowers, uh, but I can bring in the likes of Vaughan and Tapao, so I don't think he's got all of them, but uh, obviously uh, Vaughan would probably be the, the top pick. He's more consistent than Tapao, I would say, and mm. probably more reliable at this point in the season, but Tapao's yeah. probably got a slightly higher ceiling. Vaughan's probably better, but I don't know if that trade's worth it necessarily. I'd, I'd probably only upgrade... Surgis, if um, you could get one of those really top-level 60-point-a-game players. There's a few of them. There's uh, DeBellin, Tamalolo, uh, Gallen. Uh, Don't forget Mannering's probably back Mannering. in the middle this week with, um, yeah, with Brian Hoffman back, the which edge is last good week. for his owners. Yeah, so if you've already got all those guys, I think a trade from a 50-55 point player like Sam Burgess at his best to another similar scorer is probably a bit sideways. What do you think? Yeah, you have to go to an elite primo. All right, that's all the questions. Boys, is there anything we missed? Anything you wanted to touch on? What trades are you looking at this week? How, what's happening? Well, we haven't really talked about um, Cam Smith too much, but he... So I've been trying to buy him back for weeks and I keep losing Merrin and Sean Johnson and Bodine Thompson and it's messing up my trade strategy. Um, and obviously missed out on Cam's 90 and his, his 350, which was annoying. Um, I can get him back this week, so I somehow haven't copped any major injuries last week got three trades left and now I'm thinking if the Storm wrap up the minor premiership does that mean Bellamy is going to manage Cam's minutes the last couple of weeks maybe get him back for an 80 minute game in round 26 heading into the finals but try and get him off at 60 in the next you know they've got Newcastle this weekend if they're up by you know 40 with half an hour remaining surely Cam gets an early shower so now I'm not sure if this is the week to buy him or not it's very possible isn't it you, you would think he'd play Didn't the full Storm 80 take on the Roosters this week yeah next week they play next week yeah, yeah yeah sorry so you think he'd play the 80 against the Roosters this week big game top of the table yeah clash bit of a finals rehearsal um but then, yeah, as you say, if they win this game, they're ahead by, what, six competition points? Yeah. Um, so the minor premiership's theirs. They don't want him to get injured in the run to the finals. Do they start playing him for 60 minutes a game? Even 40 minutes, who knows? I think it's Newcastle South they've got the next two weeks. Yeah. They could potentially get some short games. Like he, won't, he never wants to come off. He'll want to play 80 no matter who it's against, but Bellamy's the coach and he'll do what he wants to do so just worried of if I buy him this week and he gets you know 70 you might get a couple of quiet games the next fortnight after that which is when obviously all the league you know the the major finals are so but I guess most people will be in that boat at this point in the season with Did they have him already yeah yeah I think most people yeah. will, will have Smith so I mean if you but then if I don't have him and I've got McInnes as my hooker and I use that money to make sure that the rest of my squad's elite I could potentially have an advantage so go for it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> adventurous. Yeah, I think for the rest of us, I mean, hold him obviously, and then maybe rethink him as a yeah. captain after this week. I'm, yeah. I'll be captaining him this week, I think. Like Definitely. Most will. Yep. Um, against the Knights, maybe not. So, yeah, it's an interesting talking point. I'll be mulling over it furiously for the next 48 hours. But Smith could easily hit 60 against the Knights in 60 minutes and then get taken off as well, which it's wouldn't true. be 
it'd be disappointing because you could think about all the points that he could have made, but mm. he could easily, you know, kick a few 40-20s as he does, set up a few tries and rack up a nice little score before yeah. he goes off the field but as well. If he so. scores some 35s, then CK will look like a genius. So Exactly. And he's not one of those, that, like, I know he got four tries just the other week, but he's not one of those attacking yeah. maestros where Storm score 40 points and he's suddenly on 100 points. Like, he'll, yeah, he he'll needs to get the conversions to get yeah. the big scores. Exactly. Yeah. All right, that's about full time of this episode on the NRL Fantasy Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at AndrewBryan321, at Dom underscore Brock, and at CKennedy80. Lots of great games to get out to and watch, so enjoy your footy. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast.